This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. To the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. Hey guys, welcome. It's Takeover Tuesday. Let's do this. Welcome to a special edition of the Rusty Hook Podcast, streaming live on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. One hour of straight talk regarding tournament news, angler profiles, gear reviews, and more. Now let's get our show started by joining with John Rapp, our host. All right, guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Hack Fishing Podcast. This is our Veterans Salute, uh, our Veterans Day edition to the podcast. I've got a couple of guys in the background that are willing to come on and talk about their experiences while they were in the military. I have a Marine and an Army guy, uh, along with myself being an Army 
guy. I invited a few other people, but you know it's busy time of the year, and uh, we may see some people jump on and join us. And you may just see these two uh, crazy guys uh, jo join me. So, without further ado, I'm going to bring on uh, the two gentlemen with me here. Uh, it's going to be Jeff Hebb. Uh, he's normally from Ohio, but I guess now he he resides in all places USA. Uh, specifically working on a place now in Florida. And we're going to bring on Mike. And Mike, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce your last name, so I'm just calling you Special K, baby. Special K. That works for me. It's not the first time I've been called that. <laughs> hey, so, uh, guys, um, uh, it's a veteran salute, and I salute both of you. And we're all kayak anglers, and and this is so what this show is all about, is kayak fishing. And um, what kayak fishing has done for us as veterans. But before we get into that, I really want to hear some great stories from your experiences from the military. So uh, without further ado, anybody that wants to jump on and talk about it, talk about some of the stuff they did, let's, let's hear it. Jeff, go ahead, man. Start it off. Yeah, man. I got, uh, I get, I got stories. I like, so first of all, like full disclosure, I joined the combat arms, right? Uh, and yeah, I was artillery and, uh, uh, nothing ever happened to me as far as combat. It was all, all of my injuries and aches and pains are from training. Um, but yeah, I, I know we were before the show, John, we were talking about, you want to talk about basic training and, uh, uh, man, I, that's taking me back, man. I, I went to, uh, they call it Fort Lost in the Woods, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Leonard Wood, and, yeah. And uh, we had the, one of the coldest, nastiest winters when I was there. And it was cold, and, and, and we slept out in the, in the shelter house. And uh, with the wind chill, it was like minus seven. So it was like the coldest that they would allow it to be before they stopped training. And my, my left knee actually froze to the ground one time out there. Uh, we had dug uh, dug our hasty positions and uh, had to lay in them at night. And um, I froze to the ground. I had to pry myself up out, out of the, <laughs> the spotsel <laughs> with my M16 because I, I was frozen to the ground. And, uh, boy, that was a funny story for a while. And, and, and now it's not so funny when I have x-rays on my knee. But, um, uh, yeah, so yeah. good times back then and basic, man. Uh, hey guys, you guys, y'all, um, you might remember this from our days. Uh, I think Mike and them in the Marines did the same thing. So, but uh, this here, we we heard this quite a bit to start off our day. Brings back a lot of memories to me, Mike. What do you, for the for the Marine Corps? Is that what y'all started your day off with too? Was yes, sir. Every day started with Reveille and a bunch of half naked men running around in their underwear. Awesome, man. 
you, you'll have okay. While I got you on, while I got you talking there, Mike, I I know you're driving and stuff, but uh, you you'll have to give us a couple of experiences from your your time at at, at Camp Lejeune when you were uh, training. You know, anything stick out in your mind? So I went to boot camp in San Diego, California, at MCR MCRD San Diego. I am what they refer to as a Hollywood Marine. Um, <laughs> I, I went to boot camp in December. So I got to experience all of the wonderful weather that San Diego has to offer. I think the coldest that it got was about 40 degrees. The warmest that it got was about 80 degrees. And the weather was, well, Southern California, it was perfect weather. As far as boot camp went and fond memories of it that there are very few of those only because from the time we woke up till the time we went to sleep it was non-stop work whether it was physical exercise or mental mental preparedness trying to get learn everything that we needed to learn from the history of the Marine Corps and all of that. I hear you, man. So uh, I, I got a, I got one. I got you guys will get a, a, a kick out of. Well, you know how when you get off the boat right at, right after you get off the bus and you're like in that little reception mode, right? And uh, I mean, I was five foot seven, a hundred thirty pounds, and uh, you know I was a little dude. Jeff, you you'll probably remember these days because uh, you're an army guy. But I know Mike and him. It ain't a whole lot different. You get off the bus, they throw you in a group of people, and you're just, it's hurry up, wait, hurry up, wait. You got to go. They'll, they'll give you your first uh, set of uh, bed bed bedding, and then they'll take you to supply, and you get your uniforms. Well, we're out at supply. I've been there about six hours, and I'm looking around me. I'm five foot seven, 130 pounds. And I see this dude beside me. He's like from the Bronx, New York. He's like 6'6", 270. Some guy from, corn-fed guy from Nebraska. He's like 6'5", 260, 270. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I look down and I see one of them little Katie dids. And I grab I grab it and I'm like, hey, how much you boys give me to eat this? So next thing I know, there's a hat going around. There's like 60 or 70 bucks in it. There's like 10 of us standing there. So I grab that Katie did, and I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess I'm in it now. So I stick it in my mouth, and as soon as I stick that thing in my mouth, there's like three DIs come out of nowhere looking. And they're, oh, look at this. We got someone who wants to be an Army Ranger. He thinks he's going to be living out in the field, living off bugs. And I'm chewing that thing. And my face starts turning green. They're all looking at me and they're laughing like, look at him. He's going to throw up. Hey, so, and then they start putting money on who's going to, if I'm going to throw up or not. And then, <laughs> so I'm sitting there chewing it and I swallow it down. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm just sweating. And uh, so they, they come over and they get in my rear end and they're chewing on me real good. And one of them writes my name down and says, rap, I'm going to remember you. And they take off. And I'll never forget that big old six foot seven guy. He slapped me on the back and about knocked me down and says, Rep, you're crazy, man. I like you. And I'm like, thank God, mission accomplished. 
I got them big boys to like me. <laughs> yep. So you guys got to have some stories like that, man. Pugil sticks. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some good stories there. I have, yeah, Come I have on, a, Mike. I have, I have a, uh, I have a story about Pugil sticks, man. Um, yeah. So I, I was 28 when I enlisted. Um, so this is post 90, post 911. And uh, I was I was 130 pounds in high school, but I was not 130 pounds when I enlisted. <laughs> I, I'd been you know working construction and uh, eating a lot, <laughs> and uh, um, so I enlisted. And um, I, there was this kid. The day we got on the bus, man, he just started. He was one of these jabber jaws, man. 18 years old. He started talking and didn't stop the entire the entire nine weeks or whatever. But uh, we, we go out to, to, to fight with the Pugil Sticks. And um, so the, the drill sergeants asked ask for volunteers. And uh, I, was, I was dumb. I'd do anything. So I volunteered first, right? And so I turned around. Uh, and this, so I didn't know who I was going to fight. And um, so I turned around, and they put the, they're, they're putting the stuff on me. And this, this kid, I, I don't know, he's like six foot, six two, uh, like black belt and, and whatever. And so he, he, after he sees old fat me volunteer, he's like, okay, I'm going to beat this guy up. So he volunteered second. Yeah. And, um, and so I turn around, I'm like, okay, great. And I, you know, I had like, I had an extra 10 years of pent up rage. And what this kid didn't know is that, even though I wasn't a black belt, I had, I had taken Taekwondo and in Taekwondo, you have to pick a weapon. And so I had, I had trained with a staff. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm here, I grab this stick, man. I'm trained with a stick. And this guy was like a black belt and like, I don't know, a keto or, you know, something that wasn't <laughs> weapons, you know? And so right. he come at me and he was doing one of these, he didn't know what he was doing. Man. He's just tapping real fast and, and the drill sergeant, and I was old and fat and slow. Was, you're wearing him down. You're wearing him down. And he wasn't because he was tapping my helmet and not doing anything. And uh, so I finally, like, he, he come at me, and I backed away, and he missed. And so I was, you can't see it, but, like, I was up and under. And so I just come straight up into his jaw. And he just, like, like flew backwards up off of both feet. <laughs> landed on his back and just just laid out. And um, because I knew how, I, I knew how to leverage that thing. Right. So uh, he's laid out and I just cut, you know, after they're on the ground, you're supposed to stop. So I was just standing there over top of him. Well, this kid, he, he, he takes his, his feet and kicks up my knees from the ground. And, you know, I had two kids, I had a wife at home, but you know, a mortgage and a small business to go home to. And I, I wasn't going to take some 18 year old punk kicking out my knees. <clears throat> and uh, so I just sidestepped him and I just like went down straight on top of it and just started like bouncing his head off the ground. With <laughs> they, took, they had to drag me off of this kid. And uh, uh, well, he didn't, he didn't talk too much to me after that. He, he kind of left me alone, <laughs> I would say. So. Yeah. <laughs> About you, Mikey. Yeah. You got any so that, good ones that, like yeah, that? Yeah, that, my... good deal, man. 
Go ahead, Mike. As far as yeah, and now I'm the chaplain. Like, and now you're the chaplain. <laughs> that was chaplain. Um, <laughs> stories like that, I really don't have any from while I was in boot camp or MCT, which is our combat training. Uh, there was plenty of that that happened once we got to the real military or the fleet, as they call it. Right. There was always there was always people that had issues with each other, and the only way we handled issues was take it out to the dirt pit and take care of it. Nobody. The the rules were simple. You don't throw punches in somebody's face because people can see that. But at the end of it, you shake hands and you walk away from it. And it was a weekly, sometimes daily occurrence where you'd end up out in the dirt pit because you had a disagreement of opinion with somebody else. And at the end of the day, that person was going to be the person we went ultimately into combat with. And it builds trust and it builds character between the group. Right. Because Definitely. what happens in the dirt pit stays in the dirt pit. Nobody talks about it after the fact. You walk away, everything is good until the next time. Well, that's just like the days back. I don't. I, I didn't have any brothers. But I knew guys that had brothers, and they would fight, and they would fight each other. But if somebody picked on that brother, the other brothers would jump right in and say, "Uh-uh, that's my brother. You don't, you ain't laying a hand on him. Only I will lay a hand on him. So not, not you. You know, that's 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 the type of relationship we have in the military. I mean, you, you're you're in it for life. So, hey guys, let's take a quick break. Uh, we've been on almost 17 minutes. Then I'm gonna run the military salute, and then we'll jump back in and talk about some more, some more of our experiences. See Pro Lithium Serious Power in 12, 24, and 36 volt applications. Bluetooth capable. Go to Z Pro Lithium for more. Dubro Fishing, American-made marine applications and locally manufactured soft plastics. Visit DubroFishing.com. Feel free kayaks, paddle, pedal, or power. There's something for everyone. Check out feelfreeus.com. Yak Gadget, American-made kayak fishing accessories and gear. Go to yakgadget.com for your rigging needs. Ace Adventure Resort, West Virginia's number one destination for hiking, biking, ziplining, whitewater rafting, and more. Check out aceraft.com. Westbrook Supply Company, Georgia's premium supplier for all your kayak rigging supplies and fishing equipment. Go visit westbrooksupply.com. Hey guys, it's John Rapp. We're back. Uh, we put in about 17, 18 minutes here. I'm giving the guys a quick break while I give you a, a slideshow that we put together over the years um, with veterans that have sent me some photographs of themselves in uniform and kayak fishing. So I'm going to add that to the stage and uh, kick that off and, and let you guys uh, watch this real quick.
As you guys watch up to the top right of the corner, you'll see the branch of service that the guys are in if you don't recognize the uniforms. Might recognize that guy.
All right, so hope you guys enjoyed that uh, little video salute to a bunch of the kayak anglers that uh, I've met and uh, run across with over the years uh, in the sport. I'm going to bring back our two guests now. Got Mike, Special K, my Marine buddy, and we've got Jeff Hebb from the good old G.I. Joe. So let's bring these fellas back on. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, uh, so tried to do a little salute there. I hope you guys like that. Uh, it, you guys got any people you want to shout out to and uh, thank who's mentored you or been a part of your life in the in the military before or after your time in the service? Not really, actually. <laughs> 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 My, yeah, I don't really... I got a bunch of buddies. Well, you know who who I would is uh, who was a staff sergeant, uh, John Bernardi. Um, he was one of the greatest section chiefs in the artillery fire direction that uh, I ever worked with, and um, we we could fire old school um, charts and darts and do it manual uh, without computers. And he was phenomenal at his job. Um, so yeah, I don't know what he's up to. I haven't seen I haven't seen him in forever. I hear you. Mike, anybody you talked to from your days in the Marines? Uh, very few. I talked to a handful of guys that I grew up with that joined the military. And we crossed paths a handful of times while we, while we were all in the military, but never served in the same commands or anything else. I still talk to a handful of those guys guys that I served with and went to combat with and stuff like that. I haven't spoke to, I'd say 95% of them. I haven't spoke to them since I got out. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, when I got married to my, to Beth, uh, my best man was, was the E seven, uh, that, that I worked with when I was in Iraq, he left early and I took over his spot. And then when I left, I ended up back, with him at uh, Fort Lee um, from that military police unit that we were in. But uh, old Rick Mullins, he, he was one of the best. And what, what was great about him, Mike, he was a, a Navy Seabee. I mean, that dude was a Navy Seabee for 20 years before he joined the, with us at the military police unit. Um, he just wasn't ready to give it up. And I'm talking about a goat. That guy could run. He was 45 years old and could just run, outrun everybody. So, but that I got one more story I'm going to tell you guys. I, I think Jeff, you, you both of you guys may appreciate this. Um, when I when I went to uh, basic training right out of high school, I just finished up cross country, and so I was I was a running goat at five seven 135 130 pounds, and uh, I mean I was running you know right at a 14 minute two miles you know which is that's a seven minute mile that's pretty smoking um but i had uh about five weeks in jeff and you know how they, they'll do those pt tests as you go along to see where your status is and for our platoon i finished like fifth and uh um i got called to our operations nco's office and uh, the master sergeant, who was the head drill sergeant there, happened to be from Morgantown, West Virginia. And he called me in. He's like, rap. 
you're you you're pretty good shape. You're in pretty good shape. You know, he says, I see you got the same time as your drill sergeant there. He's he's beating you by about ten seconds or more. And I have had this young twenty-four-year-old drill sergeant named Santiago, just made made E five and was I think he only had three, three and a half years in. Uh he was I went to Fort Knox, Kentucky, uh, where they had all them tankers and uh but uh he, he said if rap if you can outrun your drill sergeant next PT test, I'm gonna bring you in and give you some special duty. He says because you're a West Virginia boy and I wanna see a West Virginia West Virginia boy smoke his ass and humble him a little bit. I had a feeling that he didn't really care for that buck sergeant too much, so that next PT test, and I don't know if y'all ever watched that movie Stripes with Bill Murray, but that was where my barracks was. I was you know, just across the street from that, where they did all their marching on that field. We did our PT test around that. It was two laps. It was a mile course. And uh, so I, that first lap, I basically I was, I was in stride with him right behind him. And uh, I, I had a little bit of left, and it, and you know how it is, Jeff, that last mile. Um, I think, Mike, I don't know what y'all run, if it was two or three miles, but we had to run two miles for our PT test. And that last half mile, I, I, I run it as hard as I could, almost a sprint. And I, I passed him with about 200 yards to go. And uh, I heard him back there, and he was doing everything he could, he could do to catch me. But I beat him by about five seconds. And uh, so that following week, I got called back to the uh, drill sergeant's office uh, from at the platoon level. And he gave me uh, a detail for two weeks after that. And all I did when we had, you know, you, how, you, how you had those details during your breaks, I had to go in and spit shine his boots. Everybody thought I was in trouble. <laughs> but all I had to do was go in and spit shine his boots. I never told anybody why I was in there, so... <laughs> But that, that was some good duty just because I outran that old buck sergeant. Mikey, why don't you tell, hmm. tell give everybody a little bit of an idea about what you guys had to go through at boot camp. So, I mean, I mean, you guys are, was it, it's 12 weeks long, right? Our boot camp is 13 weeks from start to finish. Um, you can be there a little bit longer than that if you're waiting to get picked up with your company or platoon or whatever prior to starting, but actual training cycle time is 13 weeks. Uh, our physical fitness test, at least it, this is what it was when I was in. I'm pretty sure it has possibly changed by now. We did pull-ups, crunches, and a three-mile run. For pull-ups, it was a minimum of three, maximum of 20. Crunches, I couldn't tell you what the minimum was. Everybody shot for 100, which was the maximum. And top score on the run was 18 minutes, and it had to be done in less than 28 minutes. Yeah, 18 minutes, that's, that's smoking. That's a six-minute mile. That's, that's, that's kicking. I. I graduated with a kid that ran it in 16 minutes and 30 seconds or so. He had the fastest run time on MCRD San Diego when we left. I believe it. 
Hey, he's probably. He was a 90-pound, 5-foot, 4-inch soccer player. Yeah. From I mean, overseas somewhere. Well, like Puerto Rico or I think it was Puerto Rican. That but sounds all he did, I, I feel like, yeah. All he did in his free time, he would get off of work or and go play soccer. Prior to going to boot camp and then I I ran into him out in the fleet and he did the exact same thing. He would go to work, do his job throughout the day, get off work, go shower, change clothes, put on soccer clothes, and then go play soccer till it was too dark to see anymore. All that kid did was run. Me, I myself, I, I was not a runner. I hated running, still hate running. Not a fan. Yeah, I did never. I I never liked to, but I I, I did. I could run, being a, a little guy. Now, as my time went in the military, you know, I, I was on active duty for uh, seven years. My my first time, and then I got called up and did another year with the with the National Guard. But uh, I I I I was over in Vicenza, Italy, with the three three twenty fifth Airborne Division and. Those guys, they just they'd run your uh, hind end in the ground, but that, I mean that's when, when when you're jump status, that's how they would find out you know if you were hurt, if you had shin splints or anything like that, because they didn't want you to jump and and hurt, break a leg or do some really bad damage to yourself. I mean, it's crazy. But uh, I'll see. Let me get Jeff back on here. All right. Uh, I guess that's that's pretty good episode uh, or, or segment there. Um, I want to talk about something else, guys. And uh, I mean, we, we we're talking about our veteran status, but uh, there's a lot of things out there that we probably need to touch on. And uh, I want to bring this bring this to to for, to the forefront. And uh, even though Veterans Day is coming up, and it's a day that we celebrate on a yearly basis. There's some things that we need to be thinking about every day. And, I mean, I know Jeff, uh, from my time with him over the past several years, and when we were at Del Hollow, I mean, this, you know, religious man, I mean, but you don't have to be a religious man to care about the guys that you, you've served with. And, uh, um, Jeff, you, you want to touch on this, man? Any experiences there with you? Yeah, well, I try not to be religious, man. I mean, I try to I try to point people to Christ. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, the biggest thing for me with the, yeah. you know, because I, I was suicidal when I was on my deployment, and um, it was it was a bad time for me. And uh, uh, you know, I was I, I I had a plan to to do myself in, man. I had actually had two plans. One of them involved a rope, but we didn't we we, uh, we didn't have any rope. So, um, the other one involved, uh, um, a 240 Bravo, which is a belt fed machine gun. So, um, mm. uh, I realized I was getting to the point where I needed to seek help and I found a chaplain there and we worked midnight to noon. So, um, the chaplain's office was always closed, but I went in there one day and, uh, it was like in the middle of the night, opened the door and the chaplain was sitting there like dead asleep. And I wake him up and I just spill my guts, man. And, um, and 
if if not for that and uh, kind of turning my life back to Christ and and doing that, I, I wouldn't be here. And uh, but it was just I, I'm just thankful that there was somebody there to to listen. And uh, and um, so I think as veterans, we just need to talk about stuff more. Um, I don't know where the stigma come from that you can't you can't talk about your issues, but I'm here to say, if you need to talk, man, hit me up, find me on Facebook or Instagram or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, we just don't need to struggle. Uh, we need to take care of each other, take care of ourselves so we can take care of our families. And, uh, so that's why I started with the, the paddle and fin guys. Um, cause I started fishing, I actually caught a fish in Kuwait, but, um, uh, started fishing seriously after my deployment because it was just a way to relax. And, I mean, I do, I still have a kayak and, uh, I, I love kayak fishing. Um, but I love all kinds of fishing and outdoor stuff. Cause I just, it, it connects me to creation, which connects me to the creator, you know? So, um, right. I, uh, I, I'm extremely blessed and, and, uh, yeah, but it's it's a serious issue, man. I mean, and we just have to be willing to to go after it and and, and talk and uh, be willing to talk and uh, be able to support people. And I, I think one of the things that we we can do more of for veterans is I know we'll have like you know you have a veterans fishing day and then you take them out fishing for a day. But I think to really uh, decompress for anybody that's a veteran or a first responder. Um, I think it takes more than a single day. I mean, I think decompression takes um, a week or a month or something, you know, just give yourself some time away from all the, all the stuff that's coming at you. And uh, so you can really, really calm down and reflect. And so I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to do more of that. Um, but I'm pretty busy right now. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, that's something that sounds like mind it. starting the ministry to, to do more of a long-term, a long-term, um, de-stressing de event, you know, more than just a day. That's all I, I got, can... man. I appreciate you, brother. Your thoughts on that, Mike? So I'm a religious person. I, I believe in God and everything else. I do not believe in the commercialization of church. So for me, getting out and being Come on with now. nature, Come on. I, I, I can't do it. It's I'm, I've got really good friends that are preachers and pastors and in the clergy and the whole nine yards. And we've had this conversation. We've sat down, we've talked about it. And at the end of the day, they all come back and hit me with the same thing. It's not necessarily just being able to go to church. It's about having the conversation, not only with God, but with like-minded people and immersing yourself in that situation. Uh, there's a word for it. I can't think of it right now, but right. the way I see it, when I go out and I go fishing, it gives me ample opportunity to have my conversations with God gives me the wherewithal and the thought process to be able to go out and have that that tough conversation with friends, family, loved ones, people I don't know if they're going through a tough time. 
I have talked people off of the ledge. I have talked people out of suicide. It's one of those things when your phone rings, you do what you have to do regardless of what time it is, what day it is, where you're going on, your situation, their situation, or anything else. You have to find that strength to be able to have that conversation. You Amen. also have to know that that conversation is not about you at that point exactly. in time. Exactly. So, for me, being able to go out, and I use fishing as a reset. It gets me away from people, gets me away from situations and everything else. It allows me to clear my mind so I'm able to focus on the bigger things in life. Um, I completely agree that you have to be able to share that with other people, which is why if I am going fishing, rarely do I go by myself. I may not see the person that I go fishing with at all throughout the day after we launch our kayaks. But that conversation that leads up to us putting our kayaks in the water, the conversation after the fact, it's there as a morale boost and a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, man, I, I, I totally see that. And, you know, it's... I mean, it's all about the camaraderie we have with with our our friends and family and and and, and people like that because you know you don't have to. I mean, how many times have uh, have you picked up on a phone and called somebody and you pick up on a conversation that you left off five years ago? I mean, uh, if if you have a connection with people, and especially the military, just like all of us us right now, we don't know each other hardly. I know I've. Uh, until I talked to Mike today, I've never seen him or talked to him in person. Um, but we have shared experiences that we can relate to, and uh, and when you have those those experiences, you have the way to uh, talk with somebody and show them, and you can help them dig themselves out of that hole that they maybe they've dug in, they've they've dug dug themselves into, and you can provide them with a way out of it. Um, the same way that maybe that you and I, uh, and, and maybe even Jeff, and and that is getting outside, decompressing, slowing down a little bit, and just letting life come to us a few hours at a time instead of uh, the rat race that we all may have to be in, like Mike is right now driving from uh, his home area to Louisiana to, to work on a Sunday afternoon, um, so. Yeah, and another thing, John, too, is like um, how we were talking about, like, there's, uh, you know, I'm 10, 10 years out of uniform. I don't really hardly connect with those guys at all anymore. And, um, but with, like, you get to meet the paddle and fin guys, like, if you can get the, down to one of their events, it's like having a crew again. And I remember one of the guys there, I th- it, it might have been Chris, what's his name, Chris Anderson, is that right? I think he was a football player. He's like, I miss that. You know, I miss having the um, the camaraderie with guys and, and hanging out. Like that, that's something that guys need too. Like it's real easy to be really separated from any kind of um, 
bonding or camaraderie when you, you get out of the service or whatever if you're if you're not around those guys anymore so that's another thing about kayak fishing is you can get in with the club or do tournaments or or just do one of the meetups with the, the paddle and fin folks and, and and kind of get plugged in and then have a resource to fall back on it if you need it so i, I, I totally agree with that I, I totally agree with that because when, when you separate from the service you separate from your your family and your friends and your your co-workers, the people that you depended on who had your back every day, and you find yourself alone. And when you, you, you find yourself alone, you don't have anybody to talk to, sometimes those thoughts creep in and you get, the depression starts to kick yeah. in. And, uh, I mean, so, yeah. And the, and the thing that the military is good for is that they will program you. You know, they, they break you down and program you how they want you to be. And, uh, but they don't bother to deprogram you. They, they just send you out in the world and, and just wish you well. <laughs> and, and so yeah. that's what I'm talking about, man. Sometimes yeah. people need deprogrammed. And if you're struggling, you can deep and, and somebody use the word reset, man. <laughs> hey, get out, get a fishing rod, get a kayak, get a, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, de disconnect, decompress and, uh, um, you know, get back into that civilian mindset, which is pretty awesome. Once you, if you've made a successful transition, because I'm living the dream right now, man. I'm like, I got just started a winery and uh, bought a lake house down at Okeechobee, and so life's good. But it wasn't always that way. I mean, I really had to turn myself back around before I could really start enjoying life again. You know, paddling yeah, man. some of the crew that helps with that stuff. Yeah. You know. So, Go ahead, it Mike. only took me about eight years to find that reset button after getting out. Which that reset mm. button was very difficult to find because your mind is it, it's like you said, it's programmed a certain way. And to get away from that, at least to an extent, get away from it. It, it takes some soul searching to get there. Yeah, I I, I agree with that because uh, you know, with my military time, I was a state trooper for twenty one years, and when I retired from the state police, you know, uh, immediately the kayak fishing world became part of my life, and thank goodness for it because it gave me a purpose, it gave me a way to uh, deal with the issues that I had. No, 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 I'm not saying I had issues or troubles. I mean, we all do in our own way. Um, but uh, it was just an outlet for me and a, a great way to find a group of people to belong with, like Jeff and the guys from Paddle and Finn, the guys from my local club here in West Virginia. I mean, so, but, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, guys, we've been uh, killing it now for about uh, 45 minutes. Um, we can start wrapping up with some closing thoughts and uh Anything that you want to shout out? Hey, Mike, do uh, you have any sponsors or anybody you, you want to shout out to that uh, help you with, with your kayak fishing hobbies and love, your passion? Uh, I'm on a couple of different pro staffs. I, I haven't broken to that sponsorship tier yet, but I've got a couple pro staff teams that I support. They support me. Um, Tail Chaser Baits out of Metairie, Louisiana, is a veteran-owned 
and operated family-run soft plastics company. Um, makes fantastic baits. I've gone down there, spoken spoken with the owner, met his family, spent quite a bit of time talking with him. Just an all-around great guy. And a couple of other companies that are veteran-owned and operated or completely support the mission. Uh, I was sent your direction by Shannon Modisette, the Socks and founder cookies. of Socks and Cookies. I've been fishing with that organization now for the last uh, roughly year and a half. It took me a little while to find it. I was turned on to it by a friend of mine from a different club who was former army. He told me about her organization. I looked into it, fell in love with the mission and have done everything I can to support it since I found out about it. It's a, it's a uh, great organization. Yes, I completely agree. Um, above and beyond that, there's, a few other companies, I get my tungsten from either Southern Punch, which is another company out of Southern Louisiana, or Rougarou Tackle, which is also out of Louisiana. Uh, use vector hooks. Uh, kayak cushions, catch boards. I fish out of a Hobie kayak and try to support, try to support that as much as I can. Get their name out there. Not that they need it out there anymore than it already is. <laughs> but yeah, it, I have, I haven't checked to see who won that Hobie BOS event today. I haven't. It, I, I have sure not heard. Get... I've got a couple of people that I can reach out to to find out, but I haven't, I haven't seen the results myself. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's almost 6 p.m. I'm sure they're getting ready to do a live feed here shortly on that. Jeff, you got anybody you want to give shout out to? You know, you know, I um, so first of all, I'm uh, I'm not on any pro staff deals. I'll just remind the listeners that pro staff doesn't mean professional; it means promotional. Exactly. <laughs> so. Promotion. Um, but I, I would say I'm, I'm pro staff for Jesus right now, and uh, which is nice because I have the freedom to do what I want when I want. Um, but uh, so I started a winery last year, and I've been, like I said, I've been working on this, uh, this little bungalow in Okeechobee journey. Um, but uh, I just say if anybody wants to, to reach out to me or needs to reach out and talk, just find me on Instagram or find my Facebook page and uh, um, let's chat. So and shout hey, out to Jeff, the Talon you... 10 guys. They're, they're pretty solid. They are great, great group of guys. Hey, are you going to come up to new river anytime soon? Or you still, you still working with the core and stuff or with the park services? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm starting a new job with the Bureau of land management in Idaho. 
So I'm I'm okay. work, I'm going to be working from Ohio still, but um, yeah, I'll be focusing on Idaho for a while. Um, so that ought to be an interesting job. But I did have okay. a little I did have a little project down there at New River. Um, they have a lot of well well capping projects in in Ohio and West Virginia with all the old oil and gas wells. So um, yeah, I was wait I've been waiting to hear from you when you've been making your, you said something about you probably be at the new river with that new national park status Man, that you would. I'm so busy right now. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Hey guys, yeah. nothing but love for both of you. Thanks for sharing your stories with me today. Mike, you be safe on the road. I hope you get to where you're going safely. Um, uh, I'm going to kick you guys off here and uh, do a closing up. And then I just really want to thank you and uh, make sure you uh, jump on here later. This will air Tuesday uh, evening. So just jump on there when it comes off out there and add your socials to it or send them to me and I'll add them to them. That way people can hit you up. uh, And if they have any questions about uh, or, or want to talk to you about their experiences. So, But anyway, be blessed. Have a great Veterans Day, guys, and thank you for your service. Thank you. Okay, guys, so uh, great episode with Jeff and Mike. Um, I really enjoyed just the conversation and the camaraderie there with those guys um, talking about some of our experiences and uh, talking about veteran issues. And, um, you know, this is a veteran salute, and the whole idea is to thank everybody for their service. But the service didn't end the day they got out of the military. Um, A lot of the guys are still having issues, and we should always keep our veterans in our thoughts and minds and prayers. And on that note, I want to, I want to bring up something here. I'm going to bring this on as soon as it gets I think you guys might enjoy this is the veterans prayer
All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that slideshow. I mean, really touched me when I read it and saw it, and I just wanted to to share it with you guys. Um, just like what we do in the military, at the end of our day, we uh, play retreat uh, and to colors. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to sign off. So I hope you guys enjoyed this Veterans Day special with the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network and here at the Rusty Hook kayak fishing podcast make sure you go hit the like button subscribe to the show and uh if you ever have anything out there please reach out um always when you're kayak fishing practice good safety make sure that a loved one knows you're where you're going to be when you're putting in when you're getting out uh use programs that where they can track you and follow you and um uh, just be safe wear your pfd at all times Guys, have a great day. We'll see you again next Tuesday.